I'm gonna kill you, Gina says in my ear as our camp counselor Eunice shows us around, tonight in your sleep, if I haven't killed myself first. I shrug Gina off. It's one week. We'll survive. Secretly, though, I'm dying inside. Nothing I've read or seen on TV ever suggested that U.S. summer camp looks like this. It's just a huddle of old whitewashed buildings with scabby black shingles and shutters and the fallen remains of a barn. Our dorm used to be the old farmhouse. Wind blows through it every which way, rattling popped open windows and doors. Each room has its own doorstop, a rock, painted brown, topped with a painted white cross. Who goes to the trouble to paint a rock brown? Isn't that their regular color? Someone, perhaps the same person, has painted the bedsteads light blue. They are covered in quilts that are cold to the touch and give off an aroma of tar. It's our first big morning at Bethany Mennonite Bible Camp, and Gina Cahill and I might be doomed. The other girls wear prayer coverings big as soup bowls. They skin their hair back from their face. They wear their sleeves to the elbows, their skirts past the knees. Under their skirts, they wear sneakers. Gina and I have on Dr. Scholl's sandals and candies. We wear wraparound skirts with rainbow or handkerchief prints. We've brought bathing suits too, but too bad for us. There's no pool at this camp, just a noisy brown creek. And we're not allowed to get in. It would make our skirts wet, Eunice says, like that matters. What we have instead are Red Rover and a kind of field hockey played with kickballs and foam-covered mallets and afternoon hayrides through some Mennonite farmer's bean patch. Gina rolls her eyes at me, behind Eunice's back. I'm gonna kill you. Americans talk this way all the time. It sounds different in Spanish. Te voy a matar. Like something you ought to believe. Back at our house in Boone, Gina has her own record player and a whole stack of albums. The Bee Gees, Sean Cassidy, Bette Midler singing The Rose. Songs that were new to me six months ago, so I memorized every verse and read the liner notes, too. At my house, all we've got are my mother's marimba and my dad's guitar, which neither one's touched since we moved here, and a beat-up piano that came with the rent. Some days, my mother uncovers the keys, but then she just sits there and cries. Gina's parents let us drink tab and watch late-night TV until we are dizzy with it. That's not good for you, Penny, my own parents say when I stumble home red-eyed, singing Rod Stewart. But they never stop me from going back. My parents are worked up about being minnows again, now that we live in the States. They want me to be Mennonite, too. Send me to Mennonite camp, our new pastor advised. He even offered to drive. I've come dragging Gina along, but the other girls shy away when they see us. For that matter, so do the boys. The boys' hair makes them look nervous, short on the sides and scraped back with water so their pink scalps shine through. They wear black or navy blue chino pants because jeans, Eunice says, 
are proud clothes. What's wrong with proud, Eunice? I ask as she walks us to morning chapel. God is happier, Eunice says, when we're humble. I've never thought of God as having feelings like mine. That he can be glad or bummed out. I do think of God when I sing. Then he's a presence nearby, awake and burning. Pride goes before a fall, Eunice says. That's news to me, Gina says, pinching my arm. The camp chapel is narrow and long, with small dusty windows up under the eaves.